You can get your Bible out. Oh, you can open to Acts 3. We'll eventually get there. Um, we're going to have to move swiftly. I just got a few things I want to say, but we'll uh, land in Acts 3 for a few moments. So if you want to open there, page 1255, I believe, in the Pew Bible in front of you, and get your listening guide out. Um, I think uh, the reason that I get so uh, just emotional and attached to uh, the things that God does in our children is partially because I've been here so long, and so everybody's like my own kids, I feel like, and I think partially because of my own childhood. And I look at those faces coming across the stage, and I think about the pain of my childhood, and I think about the emptiness in my heart, and I think about just the loneliness that I felt and the brokenness that surrounded me. And I think to myself, how amazing would it have been to be able to grow up in a place like this? A place where, listen, there, there's so many things that are crazy about you. It's unreal. It's not just that you go along with my crazy passion. It's more than that. You, you embrace it and take it to the next level. And I see these children and these teenagers, and they walk along through the halls, and I see them when we have fellowships together. And I, I see how you relate to them. I see how you senior adults who don't even know their names or don't know who they are or can't, don't, and how you are smile and are gracious to them and encourage them and love them and are a blessing to them. And just it, that is just so amazing. And I think to myself, what would it have been like? How, what, would it have, what would it have meant to my heart? Just, just a little thing. Because it's the little things that they matter so much. I mean, it, it's true in all of life. You, you, you start a great recipe. It's gonna, it starts with a little thing. One, one central, simple, first ingredient that begins the whole process. Every time we sing a praise song, a beautiful song that, that ministers to your heart, but it starts with one note. Life is a marathon. But the marathon starts with one little step. Just one step. The future begins with a moment. Change in all of our lives, it begins with one simple decision or purpose in our heart. So, I want us to just frame uh, our thoughts this morning around this first statement on your listening guide, and it's this, that little things done consistently end up having the greatest spiritual impact. You See, it's the little things that are done consistently. Those are the things that have the revolutionary impact upon our lives. We so oftentimes miss so many things, and Graduates, I hope that you listen to what I'm going to say today, and I hope that you take it and you really just uh, utilize this information going forward because 
So many times the enemy robs blessings from our life because we don't realize that the great advances in Christ, the great triumphs spiritually come in little things consistently done. See, the world we live in asks the question, what's the next big thing? Everybody wants to know, what's the next big thing? You know, what's the, what's the next new thing that's going to, you know, make our lives easier, that's going to make our lives funner, that's going to make things more convenient, or going to be some, you know, uh, great new uh, accomplishment or opportunity or whatever the case may be? That's the world's question. Jesus asked a very different question. Jesus asked the question, what's your next small thing? And I, I'm, I mean this with all my heart. Jesus is asking you and me this morning. He, he's not asking you what's the next big thing. He's asking you what's the next small thing. What's the next small thing? The next little step that you're going to take. What's the next baby step that you're going to take in your journey with Him? Because this is how the Christian life works. This is how... We advance. We've been studying in the Gospel of John, and you remember as we got into those verses uh, in chapter 1 a few weeks ago, and where the Scripture says, And all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. And in Him was life. And the life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And when you start just meditating and thinking about those passages of Scripture that are talking about this glorious, unbelievable God of the universe, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and, it, and, and John introduces Him to, to us by whittling it down to just the essentials of, of, of who God is in Christ. And he just says, all things, all things were made through Him. You know that this God that we serve, the Lord Jesus, you think about the way He did things. Think about the way God the Father orchestrated uh, the redemption of mankind. This big, glorious, unbelievable, unfathomable God comes to earth a little baby. A little baby. Uh, uh, it all started with, with a small thing. Scripture says in Matthew chapter 1 about Mary. She will bring forth a son and you will call his name Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. It's a baby. A tiny little baby. Just like the ones that are springing up here every time I turn around. I think, well, I think a child is born into our faith family like every 13 days or something like that right now. Right now, there's about five of you that are pregnant, don't even know it. You don't even have a clue. Sometime during the week, you'll be like, man, Pastor Tony, I, I knew I felt kind of queasy Sunday morning. Well, uh, you know, we, we can't even keep up. The God of heaven, the king of the universe, he, how, how does God, 
come to us and speak to us? How does He describe Himself to us? How does He, how does he re- relate Himself to us? Remember when, when God came to the prophet Elijah? And the Scripture says in 1 Kings chapter 19, uh, Then the Lord said to Elijah, He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And then a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. And after that, there was an earthquake, and the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after that, there was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. But after all of that came a still, small voice. Now, I know you've read that a hundred times, but have you ever thought about that? The biggest one in the universe, the most grand of everything that could ever be, comes small. Speaks small. He doesn't, he doesn't come in a, in, a, in a loud shout. He doesn't come with a, with a marching band and a proclamation. There's no light show or pyrotechnics. Just a small voice. You ever wonder why God whispers? I thought a lot about it. Why do you think God whispers when He speaks? Okay, you want me to tell you? I think he whispers when he speaks because if we're talking, we can't hear him. That's a nice way of saying, so we'll shut up. He whispers, so we'll shut our mouth. People who can't stop talking never hear from God because God whispers. He speaks to us when we're still and we're quiet and we're attentive and we listen. Make no mistake about it, God can shout when He wants to. And we certainly have illustration in Scripture of God getting attention of nations and peoples. And, but for me and you, He, he comes and whispers. You know, the uh, Scripture says in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father in a secret place, for your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. That's how He wants to meet with you. In, in, in a quiet, still way. Jesus met with the Father that way. The Bible says in Mark chapter 1, that in the morning, having risen long before daylight, Jesus went out and departed, and where did He go? To a solitary place. He went where it was quiet. Because even the Lord Jesus knew to hear the Father, you, you got to be quiet. Scripture says he, he prayed. When it comes to faith, what does the Bible teach us? We need big faith. We need audacious faith. We need, we need this Massive faith, don't we? Jesus comes in Matthew 17 and says, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, then when you say to this mountain, move from here to there, it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. You ever seen a mustard seed, how tiny it is? He comes as a baby. He speaks in a whisper. He calls us to faith. Of a mustard seed. 
Remember, Jesus is there with his disciples. There's a crowd around him in Mark chapter 9. And his disciples want to know how to be great in the kingdom. And Jesus used this opportunity to remind everybody that the small things matter. The Bible says he sat down and he called the twelve to himself. And he said, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last. He shall be the servant of all. Then he took a little child. He picked up a little child. And he set him in the midst of everyone. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said to him, whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. There's a powerful moment there. The question is, God, I want to be great. I want to be great in your kingdom. How do I do that? And Jesus said, see this little child? If you want to be great, you got to be small. Because the kingdom of God is not like the world. The kingdom of God operates in small things, just baby steps. There's the most important person in the universe standing there. He's come to do the most important job in the universe. I mean, have you ever just, just thought about the preciousness of Jesus' moments on earth? You know, like all of eternity is strung together and there's this tiny little dot of time. This three years that Jesus is, is doing ministry on earth, a tiny little dot. I mean, no one had more limited time. No one had more strain on just every little minute. And what does He teach us about our time? What did he spend his time doing? We find the, the king of the universe hanging out with lepers. Lepers. Unclean people that nobody wanted anything to do with. We find him washing people's feet. I mean... Couldn't, couldn't somebody else be doing that? I mean, really? You don't think he's telling us it's the little things that matter? What about after he, after he comes back, after the resurrection? And the disciples see him there walking on the beach and he, he cooks some breakfast. He cooks some breakfast. He's saying to me and you this morning, he's saying, little things matter. It's those little things that you do. Those times that you go out of your way to, to smile or to hug somebody, to just be a blessing to someone. They matter. Jesus 
spend his time doing little things. His whole economy, the, the whole economy of God is built on this principle, is it not? Because our tendency is not to think this way. Our tendency is to, we, we want to strive for big things. We want to see big things. We, we, we like to go in big leaps and bounds, but that's not the economy of God. How does the kingdom of God operate? Well, for, for example, in Luke chapter 16, the Lord says it's the one who's faithful in the very little things. The one who's faithful in the little things that is faithful in much. But it's he who's dishonest in the little things is dishonest in much. See, if you're faithful in the small things, God will bless you in the large things. The economy is built on the principle of small things matter. They matter. My whole journey, your whole journey, started with a small thing. This week, I was praying and I just started reflecting on my own journey and God was just sort of walking me through this down memory lane, if you will. And rather than, than, than get caught up in, you know, God, look at what you've done. He just took me back to the little step. One little step 25 years ago. Saturday night. My wife invited me to go to church the next day, and I said yes. One little tiny step. Pastor Tony, one little step. You. Your whole journey started with one little step. Oh, it matters. It wasn't the result of some grand laid out plan. There wasn't some strategy of spiritual formation. Nope. I didn't even know anything about anything. Just one tiny little baby step. Yes. I'll go to church. See, when we, don't, when we don't understand spiritual growth this way, when we don't realize that all the big things that happen to us are just a bunch of little things stacked up, and you cannot ignore the little things. You can't ignore the smile on a little cubby's face because it's, you know, crazy hair night in Awana and and they're fired up about it. So what you don't know is two decades later, 
Man, life is going to come down like, a, like an avalanche on top of that young man or young woman's head. And under the crushing pain of the reality of a broken and horrific world, they're going to think back about their childhood and they're going to remember that smile that day and that one little memory is going to turn their heart back to the Lord and they're going to come home because they're going to think a good thought because of a little thing that somebody did. But you see, when I start talking about little things to people who are hurting, I always get the same pushback. You know, I've, I've you know, I'm, I'm hurting, Pastor Tony. I'm struggling. I mean, I'm, I'm grasping for straws, trying to pull myself up out of this pit. I'm, I'm suffering all these consequences, and things aren't going right in my life, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure this thing out, and I don't want to hear about little things because I'm, I'm way down, and I need to, you know, I need, to, I need a, to take some big leaps to get up out of this hole I'm in. And when I talk about baby steps, they get discouraged. And they say things to me like, oh, I tried that. It didn't work. You know, I've been taking baby steps and look at what's, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not, and I understand how you feel. You feel like you're not going to survive long enough. You're not going to make it. You're going to die if you take baby steps because you feel like you're going to die now. But you know, there's some questions that you should remember whenever you're thinking about baby steps in your life. Here's three of them. The first question is this, in whose strength did you start small? You see, whenever somebody says, I've already tried that, I've already taken baby steps. Well, you need to ask yourself this question. Now, when you started taking baby steps, you were doing that in your own strength. You were doing that in your own power. You were doing that to get your, to resolve things. You can't do that. Baby steps have to be taken in the Lord's strength. You got to do it in Him. You know, when you say, it's when you say, I can't take another baby step, that's when you're ready. That's when you're ready. Spiritual growth is different. See, in physical growth, when our children begin to grow, you know, when that exciting moment when they're able to stand up on their own and they balance for a moment, you know what I mean? And then they take that first step and they wobble around. And you got to remember some things about learning to grow physically. It's, it's those first steps that always are followed by those first, what? Falls, right? Yeah. But what we want to do is we want to raise our children so that in the beginning, you know, we teach them how to walk, we hold their hand, but our goal is to get them where they can walk on their own. You know, you don't want to have a, a, a young person graduating from high school that still has to walk holding your hand. Well, scratch that. Some of you mamas wish you had that, but I'm sorry, you don't. But see, our goal physically is to get you to walk on your own. Spiritually, that's never the goal. You know that? You know what Jesus' agenda is in teaching you to walk? Is that you never, ever, ever let go of His hand. You see, the goal spiritually is to, is to 
learn to only walk dependent upon Him. So whose strength did you start small in? That's very important. Whenever you start uh, taking baby steps, you better make sure you're holding on to the Master's hand. The second question is, what's your true motivation in starting small? You see, when, when people say, I tried that and I didn't work, I always would come back to, well, what was the motivation? You see, it, when a lot of times people will start responding to uh, information like this with, yeah, I'm going to take some small steps because, you know, but, but here's the thing. Whoa, what is the motivation? If the motivation is, is to gain recognition, if the motivation is to uh, put yourself in a position of uh, prominence or to, you know, uh, accomplish something you're trying to accomplish, it's going to backfire. It doesn't work like that. No, no. Spiritual baby steps are motivated by pleasing the Father. I got a wedding next uh, weekend. I'm always excited when I have a wedding. I used to have 10 bazillion weddings. Now I have Brian. You know what God's love language is? What's God's love language? It's obedience. See, when you're taking baby steps and your motivation is obeying Him, you're speaking His love language. That's where the heart of God is. Third question about baby steps is, well, who's picking the small things? See, if you're, if you, if you're focused on, on, on little things matter, well, well, who's picking? Who? So if I say to you, well, you say, well, I've tried that and it didn't work. And I say, okay, well, what baby steps? Tell me about those baby steps. And then you start telling me, go, well, now, wait a minute. Whose baby steps are those? You don't, you don't choose the baby steps. You respond in baby steps. It's very simple. It goes something like this. You find a quiet place. You open up this book. And you say, God, will you speak to me today? I don't have an agenda. He knows all my needs. I don't need to tell him. Well, how many times do you open up your Bible and, you, and you, you already have an agenda and there's something you want God to do? Well, what a huge mistake you're making. What a huge mistake you're making. You're walking in your own strength and serving your own flesh. Just open the Bible and say, God, will you speak to me? I'd love to be able to obey you today. And just start reading. Just start reading. Let him choose the small things. And watch what happens. So think about this. When we follow Jesus, he takes responsibility for the outcome of the journey. I know I've said that a million times before, but I don't feel like I can ever say it enough. 
Whenever we follow Jesus, he takes full responsibility for the outcome of the journey. In other words, you see, some of you, you know, are control freaks. And when you start thinking about just taking baby steps and letting the Lord orchestrate what those baby steps are and just, just looking for an opportunity to obey God, to speak his love language in a very simple, small way, this is the problem. You, you start freaking out because you don't know where that's going. Amen. It's a good thing. Because if you knew, you wouldn't go. That's how it works. Just go. You say, God, I know you're sovereign. I know you're good. And you just start taking little baby steps. Just little baby steps as he shows you. I can remember seasons of my life when I just felt like I was stagnant in my walk with the Lord, like I wasn't growing in the way that I, you know, wanted to grow. And so I started doing inventory and asking myself what's going on. And here's what I would always discover, always, is that as the Lord's revealing baby steps in my life, I'm sort of running them through a filter. I'm examining the baby steps. I'm going, well, you know, I mean, that would be good, but this would be better. And this would, it's a disaster. And I have to remind myself, no, 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 no. This isn't how this works. Just take the baby steps that God puts before you, and He takes responsibility for the outcome. You see? So see if this pastor thing goes bad and go, well, wasn't my idea in the first place. <laughs> I didn't dream this mess up. You did. See? It keeps me where I need to be. It keeps you where you need to be. It's so easy. So many times we get discouraged. We look around and we go, you know, oh, my spouse, my kids, my, my job, my this. That this isn't right. That's not right. I wish this was that way. Oh, time out. Just start taking baby steps that God shows you. Little things. Little tiny things. And he'll take responsibility for the outcome. And all that pressure and angst will be off you. Yeah, amen. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, uh, well, I don't know what you're talking about. How little of a baby step do you mean? I'll give you an example. Here's some baby steps. Just four simple things to give you an idea of what I mean by a baby step. First one is, before you speak, Listen. So you might be open your Bible and be reading somewhere like the book of James and you come across a passage of Scripture and you're listening. You're not just talking. You're listening. And you realize, I talk too much. I hurt people with my words. I gossip. My mouth is a problem. 
And you realize how long it's been a problem and how big of a problem it is. And you realize all, and then you start to realize, and oh, you know, I'm going to have to, I need to get a class. I need to go to Lifeway and buy a book on the mouth. I need to go, you know, talk to my Sunday school teacher. I better call Pastor Tony. No, stop. Just hold on one second. Take a baby step. Today's baby step is just listen before you speak. Just take a baby step and say, today, everybody that I meet today, instead of talking about all the things I want to talk about and telling them all about myself, I'm just going to listen. Just going to listen. Sometimes I'll call people up and I'll, you know, invite them to go to lunch or, you know, just to get together with them. And, and my whole motivation is, I'm just going to spend some time with them, and I have nothing to say. I just want to listen. I just feel like God puts people on my heart that just need to be heard. I don't, have, I don't give them any wonderful pastoral advice. I don't try to fix all the problems. I just listen. I just listen. What about before you react, think? Think. Just Take a minute and think. Before you react, just think. You realize, you know, I, I, I'm so quick to, why do I always gravitate to the negative? Is that you? Here's your problem. You don't think. Almost every time, the negative is the most illogical and most improbable of the possible scenarios, but you go to it first because you don't think. Just stop and think. When somebody tells you something about, you know, and it hurts your feelings, before you react, just stop and think for one second. Think. How long have you known them? How consistently wonderful and loving have they been over the time that you've known them? And how non-characteristic of your relationship is this one moment in time where they've hurt your feelings and then think to yourself, I wonder what's going on in their life. I need to pray for them. I bet they're hurting right now. Before you criticize, pause. Just pause a minute. If you just take a deep breath before you say something critical, you'll realize that what you're about to say applies just as much to you as it does the person you're about to say it to. I was talking with a sister this week, and she said something to the effect that she said, Pastor, I, I, wanna, I, I just want to be more like you. You don't, you don't let things bother you. I just thought, good gracious alive. You have no idea how many swords I pull out of my chest and my back every single week. You have no idea. But you just pause a minute. Just pause. Think. Okay. Before you give up, try again. You know, when you, you're discouraged, you're sure that 
what you're wanting to do honors the Lord and you feel, listen, it, it, it's not incumbent upon you to be exactly correct in what God wants you to do, is it? Because if it is, we got a problem. That's not, that's not the way God works. What does the Bible say? He judges the what? The thoughts and the what? Intentions of your heart. If your intention is to honor God and glorify God, if the, if the, if the pure, unmitigated desire of your heart is to be glorifying to the Lord, listen, you're in the right place, okay? So you, and you try it, and things just aren't, it's not changing, it's not working. Okay, don't give up. Try again. Try again. How many times does the Bible, especially Jesus in the New Testament, almost every time anything about prayer comes up, Jesus teaches about prayer through persistence, doesn't he? Yeah, don't give up. Don't give up. Acts chapter 3, just super quick. Little things matter. You get to Acts chapter 3 and Peter and John, I mean, it's, it's Holy Spirit go time. And so Peter and John, it, it's, it's, it's Monday afternoon. Peter and John, the Bible says, uh, it, it starts out in verse 1 says, Peter and John went up together to the temple in the hour to pray. The ninth hour. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Monday. And three times a day the Jews go to the temple to pray. Now you've got to understand everything they just experienced at Pentecost. And, and, and here they are. It's Monday. And they're going to the temple to pray. Uh, Monday afternoon, 3 o'clock. That's what they always do. They're going to do what they always do. And then the scripture says in verse 2 that there was a certain man, a lame man, who was lame from his mother's womb. Was, was, he'd been carried there and laid there daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful. And he would beg and ask alms of those who entered the temple. And so Peter, he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple and he asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter looks at him and he says, look at us. And that man's 40 years old. He's been there all his life. All he knows is being crippled and lame and helpless and hopeless and nothing's ever going to change. And that's his spot that he's always been in. He's always outside the temple. Peter and, and John have walked in front of him 10,000 times. They've gone in there to pray 10,000 times. It's always the same old thing. And there's the guy laying there. And he looks at him. He says, now look at me. And those hopeless eyes look up and gaze at him. So he gave his attention, expecting to receive something from him. And Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles and bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with him. What I want you to see from that passage. I want you to see that Peter and John had just went through Pentecost. They just saw flaming tongues of fire. They've seen thousands of people. Peter just preached a sermon. Thousands of people got saved. It was crazy. I mean, things are crazy. Monday rolls around. It's just another Monday. What do we do today? The little things. The little things. 
I wonder how many times you thought, oh, it would be a good day to sleep in. Lucky for you, we're out of time. We live in a culture that, let's face it, little things like coming to church every time the doors are open. Tonight, Brother Richie's going to be here. He's going to preach an amazing sermon. There'll be just a little smattering. That's it. You could fit everybody in this one little spot right here. Got too much going on. Too busy. Man, I'm tired. Okay. But Peter didn't do that. You know what he did? He went to the temple on a Monday because that's what you do. So he went there. And when he did that little thing, guess what happened? That man who'd been laying there crippled all his life got healed. But that's not it. Then when he went into the temple and they all recognized him and said, hey, read the Bible. Read all the way into chapter 4. They said, hey, isn't this the guy that's been out there crippled? And this giant crowd started gathering around. And then outside the temple, Peter ends up preaching a sermon. And the Bible says in the very last verse of Acts chapter 3 that a multitude came to faith in Jesus Christ. Now let me tell you something. A multitude of people came to faith in Jesus Christ because a man who had been crippled all his life got healed and walked into the temple. And all of that happened because somebody decided to do a little thing. Somebody said, you know what? I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to church. It's a little thing. Little things matter. Little things matter. You never know how God's going to use you. You never know how... And here's the thing, you never will know unless you learn to speak His love language. And it's obedience. And I'm going to tell you something, it's not big, giant, humongous obedience. It's little bitty baby steps. Everything I know and everywhere I've been and all the places that I've come through, it's only been one way, baby steps. And I didn't know where I was going when I was going. I'm just taking baby steps. Don't pass up a little opportunity to do something small that can mean a great deal. You know, a couple weeks ago, my son-in-law and my daughter were over at the house, and we were just hanging out with the family. And So uh, Dalton had something he had to do, so he got in his truck and he, he left, and Kayla was hanging out doing something with her mom. And Anyway, her phone rings. And obviously, you know, it was Dalton on the phone, and I could, you know, get the gist of the conversation. And so she's looking at me, and he's on the show. He puts, her on, puts him on speakerphone, and Dalton's going, look, I got around the corner here. He only went a block and a half up the road, and he said, there's a girl walking down the street. Now, I'm be honest with you. You know what I thought? When is there not a girl walking down the street? He said, no, this is something different. I'm like, okay. Well, and Kayla's going, well, all right. Well, and she, he said, no, something's wrong. He said, she, she needs help. So 
he said, Kayla, get in your car. I'm going to sit here uh, across the road from where she is, and you come. So Kayla gets in her car and goes around the corner. Now, I'm, all I want to do is go get in my truck, and it, but I'm, I just, I'm letting this thing happen. So he parks across the road. He's like, don't worry, Mr. Tony, I got my gun. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> so Kayla pulls in where the girl, she's walking down the road crying. So Kayla pulls in, rolls the window down, says, you know, are you, are you okay? You need some help? She's like, oh, my gosh, I need some help. Can I use your phone? I need to make a phone call. And uh, Kayla says, okay. And so she hands her phone, and the girl calls her mom. She said, Mom, Dad threw me out of the house, and I don't have my phone. I don't have anything. All I got, Scott, is the clothes I was wearing, and she's just bawling and sobbing. And so Kayla says, okay, get in my car, and I'm going to take you to the corner where there's a store, and I want you to you stay there, and your mom can come pick you up there. And so they work out all the details. And so the girl gets in her car, and Kayla takes her down to the corner and lets her out at the store. And, you know, the mom comes and gets the girl, and everything's fine. And I'm like, well, that was awesome, you know, so great what you did. And so Kayla and Dalton go home. A couple hours later, Kayla's phone rings. That's a number she didn't know, and she answered the phone and said, hello, and this voice on the other end of the phone said, ma'am, I don't know who you are, but you picked up my daughter today. My daughter called me from this phone. And Kayla said, yeah. Is she okay? Yeah, she's okay. And the lady said, I haven't seen my daughter in years. Apparently some things went bad in my life and I lost custody of my daughter and my ex-husband wouldn't let me see her. And she said, it's just killing me. And she said, I was on my knees praying, God, will you please, please let me see my daughter? And my phone rang. And it was a number I didn't know. And I picked the phone up and answered it. And it was her. Because you did. A little thing. You see, you can wake up every day of your life and say, God, help me pick up somebody at just the right moment and do all, and it's never going to work. But if you just wake up and say, Lord, speak to me and just show me a baby step. I'm just going to take it. Following Jesus is a process of simply taking the next step from wherever you are. I don't know where you are this morning, but I can tell you that following Jesus is just being willing to take the next step from wherever that is. It's not about where you are in relation to somebody else. It's not about you trying to catch up or surpass or get by somebody or get to here, or get to there. That's not what it's about. Following Jesus is just about taking the next step and wherever you are. So here's what I'm asking you to do. 
just in the sincerity of your heart this morning, just ask God. See, some of you in here, you already know what the step is you need to take because he's been telling you for a long time. Some of you don't. You just say, God, I'm ready to take a little step because I know it matters. Let's stand and bow our heads.